Health and happiness, everyone. Welcome to the Strength and Motion Show, an online experience curated specifically for the members and fans of Strength and Motion Academy. If you haven't heard of our space before, we're a 24-7 gym in Midvale, Western Australia, and our goal is to provide a space where people can build a strong and mobile body using a functional and holistic health approach to training in life. Today, we are talking about the holistic way. If you listen to our previous episode, you'll understand that one of the main goals for this show is to bridge the gap between what we do within the gym and what we do outside of the gym. Anyone who lifts regularly and strives to be healthy knows that the one to two hours a day that we spend in the gym is only a fraction of the big picture. Our sleep, our lifestyle, our mental health, and our habits will have a major influence on health and ultimately our entire existence. If you're a regular at the common commercial gym and looking for a healthy change, or if you're a complete beginner who is ready to start taking their first steps into their fitness journey, then listen on. So Nav, sitting opposite me, welcome as again, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Co-host. Nav, tell me, uh, take me for a walk down memory lane, please. If you remember, I think it was eight, nine, ten years ago, maybe now, when we first met, you were actually a lot different back then, as was I, both in terms of our training. I remember you were actually mostly like a heavy lifter. You did lots of powerlifting. And it was also around when you were preparing for your bodybuilding comp as well, all the way through to now becoming a business partner and uh, seeing you become the athlete you are now. So I'd really love you to share with me and the listeners a bit about how you used to approach your training and lifestyle. And I'd love to know how that's evolved over the years into what we now call the holistic way. Beautiful. Awesome. Firstly, very excited for this first episode. Yeah, this I'm is pumped. Something that, yeah, uh, I'm super pumped. We've always had in the background for a very long time, mm. so I'm very excited to get this get this started. Get yeah, this rolling. absolutely. Yeah, yeah super pumped. Uh, yeah, great question. So my journey with health and fitness, um, I went through the normal uh, way of health and fitness, especially as a coach, where I got my personal training certificate uh, when I was about 17, mm-hmm. and so I've been a coach now for 13, 14 wow. years, which is crazy yeah, when yeah. I think about it. Um, and I started down the normal way, right? You did my certification, which only took three months, which in the scope of things is yeah. where aware is nothing. Yeah. Um, barely covers anything. And so with my limited knowledge, that's when I started lifting, mm-hmm. doing stand and weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it was very isolated towards muscles. It was like, okay, what is the insertion origin and the action of each muscle? And then tend to move towards that and maybe do some dynamic complex movements. And so yeah. that's pretty much the whole entire education. So that's all I knew. And then as I progressed, I, I moved into bodybuilding uh, for more aesthetic standpoints, young male that wanted to be more attractive and wanted to build up their muscles. Mm. So that was that first route. And then I moved into powerlifting because I realized, okay, well, I'm not as functional as I could be. I, I look good, but I don't necessarily feel good or feel strong or feel mm. capable within my own body. And we see this a lot, like you see it a lot yeah. as well. We yeah. see that natural progression. We see it with a lot of people where... Yeah. They'll do bodybuilding for aesthetics and then they'll move into heavy lifting strength training. Mm. And it's because they want to feel a little bit more functional that bodybuilders isn't giving them. And so I had that same sort of pathway, but I still noticed that there was a lot of pain and discomfort mm. and it wasn't necessarily improving my movement. Like I was getting strong, but then I realized that strength was, strength was more relative. Yeah, like at the sacrifice of something else, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think this is a conversation that isn't had enough. It's yeah. like, okay do strength training, but what is strength training? Strength upon what? Look, yeah. You could squat heavy or bench heavy or deadlift heavy. Mm-hmm. So to, to give context, uh, I was weighing 73 kilos at one point, deadlifting 245, wow. conventional deadlift, high bar squatting 180, uh, and also benching 145. And that was all raw, wow. like no um, knee sleeves or anything like that, no belts. It was all fully uh, raw. Yeah. And so I was lifting heavy, but 
like I, I didn't really feel good within my body. Yeah. If I was if I was asked to go for like a long run or a long sprint, yeah. like I could do it, but it wouldn't be mm. the most comfortable thing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And that's when I realized, and uh, as I started coaching more people as well, that my limited training and knowledge was not giving people the results that they were also asking for. Like yeah. The general population aren't asking to, sure, they want to be strong, but maybe that's the only thing that they're aware of. Yeah where they want to be pain-free, they want to be able to breathe comfortably, they want to be able to sleep on their back yeah, comfortably, you yeah. know. Um, simple things like that. They don't want to have to go get surgery on the shoulder mm. or the hip. So through all of that and then my own journey, I moved towards more functional movement, yeah. holistic health as well. Mm. I was doing a lot of holistic stuff anyway, like I was doing journaling, meditation, breath work. Uh, I was big into nutrition, not just from mm. the calories in, calories out, but I was yeah. also fixated on inflammation, the impact yeah. inflammation had on yeah. my my energy and my mind and my state mm. because that was important to me as well. Like training yeah. wasn't just look good or be strong. Yeah. It was for those factors as well. So throughout the whole entire journey now today, I take more of a holistic approach to my training, um, uh, to my health. So I'm big into eating well, obviously tracking my calories. I think it's mm. really important not to um, skip out on that as well. Sleep, stress, yeah. and and my type of movement, which we'll dive a little bit deeper into anyway yeah, soon. Yeah. So, I think that's a good segue, Nav. Um, actually, talking about the holistic way, and I think it's probably worth us sharing to the listeners what even is the holistic way by definition of Strength and Motion Academy, which the the gym that that Nav and I have created together. And the the holistic way is essentially the philosophy that we now deliver to to our members via the educational content that we create on our social media and on our website, and also the way we uh, we approach our personal training. So for those who are, have never come to the gym before, we've decided to take a slightly different route than the commercial gym. And the key thing of that is, is actually providing education to members that come in. What we have figured out is that through Navinai's time of training at all these gyms in, in the areas and also just traveling around Australia, which is where we are locals to us, proud Australians, it's still the same thing in all the other states where you rock up to a gym, you sign up, and then off you go. And there's a big pi- there's a big piece of the puzzle that's missing. It's I use the analogy of a um, of a racetrack. In my eyes, I wouldn't have an I wouldn't own a racetrack and just let people rock up and race. I would actually make sure that I'm doing safety checks and make sure everyone's kit and everyone's gear is up to scratch. And I'll also be able to find out whether or not they actually have a license. Are they actually qualified to actually ride these bikes or drive these cars? And so what we deliver through our introductory personal training session, our essentially our sign-up fee is a coaching session. What we do with our members is we do a one-on-one coaching session and we deliver them the fundamentals of what the holistic way and we focus mostly on the training portion because they come into the gym they're ready to train and we hook them up with a program and we hook them up with the program and also we really drop some of those nuggets we plant those seeds on what is the holistic way so what is the holistic way our first pillar is navar hit me with it Movement, We've movement, got movement. Yeah. and the following three is nutrition, sleep, and stress. Now, this is a good little progression of in that order: movement, nutrition, sleep, and stress. Movement is a great place to start because it's tangible. Movement is our bodies; our bodies move on a daily basis. And so, if someone's a complete beginner, 
for us as coaches to talk to someone about stress, a lot of people are actually misinformed about what stress actually means. And we will dive into that later in this episode. So we encourage people to get their head around their movement. That's the first pillar. And then very quickly start to get your head around your nutrition because that's the first primary step of once you're outside of the gym, you need to refuel, you need to be putting good calories and good nutrition and nutrients into your body so that it can thrive. Remember, we're not here to survive. We are here to, ideally, in my opinion, I want to thrive and I'm sure most of the listeners do as well. Then sleep, again, another foundational aspect. Sleep is fundamental. The more I research into sleep myself, the more I fall in love with the process because I actually realize how impactful it really is. And then also then getting to know how stress works and what is good stress, what is bad stress, and also understanding within your own own thresholds how much stress can you handle. And that's the thing that I notice people do a lot is they just tend to overstress they overstress and they overmove or undermove. You know, it's a lot of what we want to deliver in this podcast is getting people familiar with um, how much energy do I invest into this movement pillar? How much energy do I invest into this nutrition pillar? A big thing that we love to do at SMA is actually showing our members where certain chapters in their journey are. A lot of people are going to be like, oh, I saw this exercise, I want to try this diet, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll say, yep, cool, that's great. That that will work and that's going to be fun to play around with for your own learning journey. But you also have to remember that your foundations come first. And so a big part of what SMA does and what this podcast is here to do is to help you understand what is the foundation? What should your first steps actually look like? So before we delve into our four pillars and start to break that down, Nav, is there anything you want to add to that? No, I think you covered it perfectly. Um, the reason why we're so big into the, the holistic approach is because all areas are extremely important. Mm. That if we were to only focus on movement, there's three whole other pieces that are being missed. Yeah, And yeah. if all those pieces are being missed, then if we're moving, let's say three to five hours a week, but we're eating poorly, we're yeah. not sleeping well, and yeah. we're stressed out of our brains, then yeah. the movement's not, it, it's obviously going to make an impact, but it's not going to be as beneficial. Yeah, And so this is why we take the holistic approach. It's yeah. just a no-brainer. Like yeah. we're fixed, our intention is to get people results. And if we want to get people results, we have to do it this way. There's no other way. There's literally no other way. Yeah, I 100% agree. You spiked an idea, Nav. Let's let's throw out a few um, uh, like avatars of common people that – common examples of a human that may be over-focused on one area and under-focused on another area. So my first example is the the fat strongman. There's strong people – Using the strongman example, these big uh, atlas ball lifting guys, I actually love what they do and I love watching them and I really follow a lot of some of these guys' strength training as well. It's really cool what they do. But a lot of these stronger guys, as an example, they are so focused on the strength themselves and so they do all of their strength training, all their heavy lifting, but their nutrition is poor. It's more about just getting calories in. It's like eat whatever, I'll eat fast food, I'll eat this and eat that because it's all about you know, the beast mode getting large, but you can actually see with those people that their mobility isn't too great because they're not investing time into the mobility. They may not be able to touch their toes. They can have very swollen joints as well. And you can just see that the, the, their skin, there's an oiliness to the skin as well. And, um, I don't know what it is, but the, the redness that comes up in people's, um, uh, complexion as well. Mm. It's a, it's like inflammation through yeah, the skin. It is. Out. Yeah. It's a really, they, they look, um, they look like they're about to pop yeah. and, and I've been in, I've been in I've never been that huge but I've been in those situations where I've felt I've felt that I've been strong but not my, my well-being has been a bit down Nav yep. do you have any other examples of people 
Yeah, I think that's a great one. I've, I've been there, so I resonate that. Yeah. As, a, as a previous powerlifter, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, weighed 73 at one point, 87 at another. Mm. So completely different worlds. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one that comes to mind is the, the general person, but uh, everyone tends to go through this, but I'll go with like the middle-aged woman yeah. who is fixated on nutrition, yeah. most likely under eating with a lack of movement, lack of uh, mm. focus towards yep. sleep and stress. Yep. And so they'll be so fixated on eating extremely healthy and they most likely yeah. do eat quite healthy and this yeah. isn't something that we don't tend to see a lot of people that are like poorly eating mm. that are binge eating on ice cream and chocolate every day most people have yeah. the awareness that that's bad for yep. them alcohol is probably a big one but yeah uh these individuals that will be eating well but they have a lack of movement a lack of body yeah. awareness and so they might have a lot of pain in their body they might mm. be really uncomfortable mm -hmm. uh and then they're not fit as well yeah. they're lacking muscle mass and this is where we get that skinny fat sort yep. of aspect yep. and and we say the word fat from a place of um uh observation not a place of yeah. judgment yeah it's a, it's a common word we all understand yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah and so when i mean skinny fat it's these individuals that will be eating a lower caloric intake but lacking movement lacking yeah. stimulation of muscles and fascia and tissue and so they're not necessarily able to move or, or lift yeah. things or be strong yeah. or be comfortable in their body but they're eating well. Yeah. That's a very common one as well. Yeah, I like that one. I want to throw in the, the the next avatar is the is the stressed out influencer. You know, there's we've we've personally have friends like this, and I still that's probably more more most relatable to myself as well. Is on the on the surface, I can walk around being this fit guy. I can stand in front of my clients and and you, I can point at my body and say this muscle and this muscle because they can see it, right? But a lot of the influencer types, and especially uh, in my own case with all these ultramarathon training endurance events that I do, and 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 still taking too much on in my life, people think that I'm thriving, and and we have this perception that these influencers are thriving because they look fit. They're they're posting photos of their salads all the time. They look awesome, but in the background, their nervous systems are just fried. They're just so on and on and on. If you think about uh, our uni student friends, they, that phase when there's just exams and exams and the sleepless nights because they're just they're trying to like hold their life together by running over to this part of their life, getting some personal shit done, getting their cleaning done. Then they're running over, doing some cramming, some studies. And mm. then in the last minute, they'll just run to the pub and have a few drinks with their friends. And it's highly it, caffeinated and drugged up. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're running around trying to top all their cups up, but there's holes in all the cups, you know, and they're running around. And so, but on the surface, it looks like these people are thriving. They're vibrant, they're healthy and they're, they're alive. They're energetic. But a lot of that energy, that energy comes from them panicking. It's it's, it's it's trying to hold on and, and, and create stability in the chaos that they're living in as well. Mm -hmm. So but stress is a really big one, guys. People really, um, it's very easy in the modern world to hide how stressed we actually are. And that's why it's such an important pillar, but also we it takes time to understand what stress actually is. And um, Any other avatars that pop up, Nav? Well, one that's kind of like off the back of that mm -hmm. is... Uh, Fitness professionals. Yeah, You'll literally yeah, get yeah, fitness yeah. professionals yeah, that yeah. will be posting them looking a specific way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, naturally or, or not natural as yeah, well. And yeah, that, that's a conversation yeah. that comes a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah comes yeah, up yeah. a lot. Yeah. I'm thinking about our mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There's a few yeah. that come to mind. Yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. He's a good dude, but yeah, he, um, yeah. he, he cheats the system a little bit, I think when yeah. it comes to making money online. But anyway, yeah. he's, I think he's doing more good than bad. Yeah. Exactly. And that's yeah. the thing as well. I think if there's a conversation of health and fitness, I think yeah. it's better than not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there'll be a lot of conversation or a lot of, uh, 
showcasing on yeah. how they look or how they yeah. might be living. But mm. in reality, in the back there, they have bad bloating. They might yeah. be really yep. gassy. You know, yep. this whole like protein gas thing that everyone yeah, talks about. I, I had that before I got into the holistic way. When Before I understood what inflammation was, I had yep. a six pack and smelly farts. Yep, yep. Yeah. Not uncommon, right? Yep. And a yep. lot of it, it could be also muscular development could be from yeah. an overdevelopment of stress. It could be yeah. overly stressed and then they're lacking in sleep. They might have to wake mm. up and take pre-workout just to go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. might need caffeine just to even live the everyday life. Yeah, and so, and and we see this a lot with also uh, long distance athletes. So yeah. you'll see it with marathon runners as someone that does uh, ultra yeah. marathons, yeah. right? It's very common that I'll hear someone like, "Oh, my uncle or someone in my family just passed away at a heart attack at a young age." Mm -hmm. I can't believe it. They were an ultra marathon runner. Yeah. Like, oh, well, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're healthy internally. Yeah. They yeah, might be yeah, eating yeah. poorly. They might be sleeping poorly, might mm. be overly caffeinated. I think you also mentioned a lot of these individuals might be having a lot of Coke oh, because man. they, they, get they calories serve it in caffeine. the race. They serve it in the race. It's on the aid stations. Crazy. Yeah. So you yeah, can yeah. imagine the amount of sugar that's happening, the yeah. amount of caffeine that's happening. Yeah. And we're not just like crapping on all this and saying that you can't have these things yeah. within your life, but there is a balance and we got there to is, recognize yeah. that there are negatives to these sort of lifestyles. And, and yeah. this does happen with these avatars, these health professionals yeah. that aren't healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that. It's definitely worth raising to the audience is that what we're talking about here is self-awareness is to be very aware that when you look around and see the people in, or in your inner circle or your near circle, they may be athletes, they may be influencers, they may be getting this success that you see now. And what I'm saying is just because it's working now doesn't mean it's going to work forever. And that's just a general rule of rule of thumb for life. You know, people have their rise and their falls, but we have to understand that we need to take a step back a lot of the time, especially in the in the fitness industry, is really walk around with your filters on and paying attention to, even though a lot of people near us may be getting successful now, sometimes there may be background. A lot of the times there's background things that they are ignoring. And so ultimately what Nav and I have discovered from, you know, minimum a decade each of training now is that patience is actually the fastest way. Like it really is the slow and steady. It's, it sounds so funny to say it out loud, but mm. the, the, the long, more patient, more consistent approach is actually the fastest approach because it, it holds no setbacks and it holds no you just you're never down and out for the count for too long yeah mm. let's roll into uh breaking down these four pillars now guys so movement nutrition sleep and stress going into uh movement i like to as a, as a single sentence i like to explain movement as movement covers all aspects of mobility resistance training programming and self-awareness of one's physical limitations and potential so movement is essentially your training yeah most of your um you know it's i'm not, your body has all these joints, so many joints that move and articulate on these weird and wonderful ways. So what I would say going into my coaching shoes now, if I was to be coaching someone in an ideal scenario and I was trying to get them uh, clear on what are the foundations and what are the key things that someone must be knowing in the movement category, I would be actually, first of all, explaining why is most important, uh, why is movement most important? Nav and I are very big in coaching and just explaining to people why things are important because yes, you may know the technical side is, yeah, I know how to do mobility, but if you don't really believe that it's important, you're not going to do it, right? So going into movement, why is movement so important? Because if we cannot move effectively, we therefore can't even train effectively and we can't even hold ourselves effectively. And holding ourselves effectively means our posture, 
right? If you are not able to sit in an upright position or stand in an upright position, if you maintain that lifestyle and that way of sitting and that way of standing for a period of one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, 50 years, your body will slowly, slowly adapt to being better at sitting in that position or standing in that position. And people just don't understand that the body is constantly adapting on a, on a, on a moment-by-moment basis, and it's always re-establishing what is upright. It's always re-establishing what is forward, what is back, what is left, and what is right. And so when we just spend more and more times in these static positions or just doing a training protocol that's not actually conducive, it's not supportive to the way our bodies are designed, we get stiffer, our breathing goes down, our well-being goes down, all these things that we re- – that that make life worth living. You know, everything that makes you feel good on the inside starts to reflect outside. And without the ability to move, that would start to affect your happiness, your well-being, your training, and your performance and function. So mobility and SMR. Nav, do you want to explain? Do you want to give me the the, uh, the the what's the acronym? What is SMR? What's the big word for SMR? The big word for SMR is self-myofascial release. Beautiful. What does self-myofascial release mean, Nav? What does it mean? So a lot of people probably aren't aware of what even fascia is. And so mm. we mm. have a whole entire web of tissue, which is called fascia around yeah, our body. Yeah. Tissue is another word for flesh, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got some flesh around our body fleshy called beans fascia. Yeah. And that connects our body in, uh, together collectively. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. each muscle belly tends to have an insertion origin. The fascia is... There's different yeah. layers of fascia, but it connects a whole entire system. For the listeners, a insertion and origin is the, the the attachment point of where a muscle goes through. So a muscle will attach from one bone and then will attach to another bone. And when that muscle shortens, then it brings those two bones closer to each other, right? That's the general uh, mechanistic view of how we talk about strength training. Continue on, Nav. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And my the, the fascia is the 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 tissue surrounding all of that yeah, and also yeah. connects through to it, connects uh, nerves and also mm-hmm, connects mm-hmm. to the bones. So th- it's also within bones. So it's quite yeah, a lot, but yeah. obviously we're probably not myofascial releasing our bones. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, myofascial release is pretty much, well, self-myofascial release is our own self-massage. Mm-hmm, it's as if mm-hmm. we go to a massage therapist, but we're going to do that on ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we can use tools like... Uh, Foam rollers or balls or uh, scrapers, even, scrapers, yeah, yeah, yes. your fingernails sometimes as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's just getting to the tissue and, and creating movement because there's different layers of mm, tissue, yeah. and if they're glued together and stuck, then that's going to be an yeah. inhibitor to our movement. And yeah, so self myofascia yeah. is helping. Think that. about like making bread, guys. You know, when you're like kneading dough and you and it just be, you know you, you mix you you're literally squishing it and stretching it in a way that it becomes more softer. And that's what a lot of uh, myofascial release is. The thing that I love about myofascial release as well, and and just I just call it mobility time. You know, with all my clients, I'm like just dedicate 10, 15 minutes before you start your session just to do some mobility. And by doing so, it gives the human an opportunity to spend time with their body because most of the day we're spending our time with all of everything else that's going on in the world, our friends, our family, our career, our jobs, our notifications, and we're stuck in our heads all the time processing all that information. And the moment you start doing mobility and working on your body, most of your brain is filled up with servicing your body and it's a really therapeutic mental process to go through. Um, Functional training, what are some of the difference between functional training and normal training, Nav? Okay, perfect. So I would probably put normal training within the the dynamic list, the compound list that most of us know, squat, bench, deadlift, mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. have you. I would move functional more into rotational or unilateral mm. uh, things that have uh, a, a multifaceted of... Um, 
more dynamic stuff. Yeah, uh, lines of movement. So not yeah. just in like a single line, yep. but do we move through that line, that that line of movement differently yeah. to just in a sagittal plane? Like we move frontal lane, uh, plane and what have you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, things that pretty much replicate whether we're walking, running, yes. throwing, yep. punching, yep. Mm-hmm. kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I would classify as more functional. Yeah, beautiful. There's a word that pops in my head called bipedal. If you've ever heard of the word bipedal, I think it's spelled bipedal, yes, B-I-P-E-D-A-L. Correct. Bipedal means that we are uh, a creature that uh, that moves on two, two limbs, yeah? And so if you visualize a human walking right now, it's we don't hop on two feet it's like kangaroo style, like bounce, 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 bounce which a lot of our gym exercises are where you know squats and deadlifts is where the two feet are static when we're looking at more functional style movement it's more about the alternation of those footsteps the left goes forward as theoretically the right foot goes backwards right as, as we are transitioning through uh, ambulation which is my mm. fancy word for walking and so yeah and how our body pushes and pulls through that correct like correct. our body moves us through space and so there is a rotation and movement through the yes. upper body that connects yes. to the lower body yeah and that's what i will classify as functions how do we get that system to work collectively yeah how do we get our limbs talking to our other limbs you know how do we get everything working very smoothly um programming basics uh this is a thing that we like to to this is more of like a, I guess, a technical st- skill inside the gym. There's still as, as a set of technical rules that we follow. Uh, we are big on tracking, and, and we have an app for our members at SMA. Tracking is what's our what's our favorite? Uh, the quote about managing and you know, <laughs> <laughs> what you don't measure, you can't manage. That's the one. That's yeah. exactly right. So, and we do this a lot with all of our clients. We do regular check-ins, regular measurements, because a lot of the times, again, our bodies are changing and make and, and improving. Whether it's well, they're changing. Whether it's for better or for worse, we may be getting leaner or we may be getting fatter. Right? We may be our muscle may be going up or down or stiffer or less stiff or weaker or stronger. And so, it's really important just to have general awareness around that. That's a very important technical skill. Another thing we talk about is is periodization. Periodization is just a fundamental part of um, training. Periodization is uh, utilizing progressive overload. Simply put, progressive overload is just over time, you are increasing the stress on the body. So your training is stressful, right? And so your training, you can start doing more sessions. You can start lifting more in that session. You can increase the intensity, right? There's a few different ways that you can increase that stress on the body. But fundamentally, what we are trying to achieve is that over time, the stress increases because we are building our body to adapt to that. So stress may be, in my example, my first week of training, I'll do 50Ks worth of running. The following week, I'll do 52.5Ks worth of running. And all of a sudden, 12 weeks later, 16 weeks later, I'm doing 100-kilometer weeks, right? And I don't jump into 100-kilometer weeks or you don't jump into the gym doing like 100-kilo bench presses, deadlifts, whatever. You... Find a find a load that your body can handle and then you build it from there. So that's progressive overload. And within that, you can start playing around the difference between strength and hypertrophy and endurance reps, even though they may be confusing words and you're going to be like, what, there's a difference between strength and hypertrophy? Like, what is hypertrophy, right? Essentially, hypertrophy is more muscle building where the muscle size, uh, cell size is increasing and so muscles get thicker and denser. That's very commonly toning and bodybuilding. And strength training is more about the an athlete themselves getting stronger without getting bigger. Like fighters use this style of training, pretty much any sort of athlete where they want to be uh, explosive, agile and able to move without being heavy, right? So that's the basics of movement. Let's roll into nutrition now. We don't really need to talk about why nutrition is so important. I think we've covered that in the the previous chat over the last half an hour. 
The thing that I always start nutrition with is someone's relationship with food, right? We have a model that which we, we draw in the gym when we talk with our clients and showing them like you should focus on this first and focus on this first, then this, then this next, right? And we draw that in a pyramid. The base of that pyramid is your relationship with food. As I've delved deeper and deeper into this subject myself, what I find myself communicating to my clients the most is that you must be proactive. So I have this kind of like idea in my head that before you start looking at the technical skills of nutrition, where it's like things with calorie counting, measuring your food, calculating how much uh, protein and fats and carbohydrates you want to be doing, or even just thinking about your meal plan in general, people need to flick a few switches in their heads, like their toggle switches. Like you flick yourself from being reactive to being proactive, right? What that means is a proactive person has already considered what's going to go down their gob, down the hatch before the meal happens, before their day starts, before their week starts. What I find with my clients and again with myself is that when I wait until I'm hungry to then consider what I'm going to eat, there's that sense of urgency. And the greater the sense of urgency, the more likely we are to reach for quicker calories or less nutritious food because it's just a faster option. The faster option ends up being fast food. And so we need to really consider what's our relationship with food. Are we eating for nourishment or are we eating because we're bored? Are we eating because now we're hungry? You know, that means if we're hungry, we haven't um, anticipated when we're going to get hungry or what food we're going to need. So that's a really, really important thing. Can you just quickly give us a basic thing of um, like what is energy balance and, and what is like a macronutrients and a calorie nav? Yeah, easy. So energy balance, we all know that uh, the energy of food is measured in calories or yes, kilojoules, yes, right? Yes, just like we measure the length of something in centimeters, we would measure the amount of food by calories. Exactly. And so calories is actually a measurement used in other ways as well for like yes. coal and what have mm-hmm. you, but it's mm-hmm. what we use to measure food. Yep. Uh, so we all have our own uh, basal metabolic rate, so BMR. Mm-hmm. Then we also have our total daily energy expenditure mm-hmm. from our en- uh, exercise and non-exercise, our mm-hmm. NEAT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thermogenesis as well. So non-exercise thermogenesis. Yep. So uh, look at our, our being as like an energetic being, right? Like there's the amount of energy we put out and there's the amount of energy that it needs in return. Yep. And depending on the result that we want depends on the amount of energy that we either want to put out or bring in. Yes. So if we want to gain muscle, we might want to be in a surplus where we're eating more food mm-hmm. or training less than we're intaking, right? Yes. Yes. If we want to lose weight, lose fat, then we mm-hmm. want to be in a, in a deficit of calories or yes. deficit of energy. Mm-hmm. And so that's generally how the energy works with our body. The macronutrient being our three major macronutrients, uh, fat, carbs, and protein, which we're all aware of. They all have their own energy value Mm -hmm. and they all also have their own value within the body. So protein being more towards uh, muscle building, protein synthesis, Mm -hmm. carbs more for energy, especially for brain function and fat more for our hormones. Yes, yes. Yeah, very well put. Uh, A thing that we're going to then add on to that is, again, tracking and awareness. It always comes up. Why, Nav, tracking and awareness? What we don't measure, we can't manage. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So just to add on my last little note on the nutrition concept, it's my mechanics analogy is the more you drive your vehicle, the more fuel it's going to cost you, right? And one thing, we'll get into this when we go into the nutrition episode further down the line, but 
people tend to get caught up chasing too many goals with their nutrition. People are trying to lose fat. There is a way to do it, but people are trying to get really, really lean at the same time. They're trying to build lots of muscle. And and ultimately muscle is better when you're in a surplus, when you've got excess food coming in because the body needs the resources to be able to build muscle. And it's very hard when there's not much resources coming in, right? So we'll go, we'll get deeper into that in one of the later episodes So really stay tuned and stay excited for that. Uh, Quality nav, what is a micronutrient? Yeah, so macro being your protein, carbs, and fats. Mm-hmm. Micro being the smaller aspects, your multivitamin, yeah. uh, your, yeah. your multis, yeah, minerals and nutrients. Minerals, I know what, yeah, <laughs> minerals, vitamins, yeah. uh, phytonutrients that mm-hmm. come from uh, food sources like fruit and vegetables. Yes, yes, and they all have an impact on our body, and yeah. uh, our body reacts to things that it takes in. So, yeah. if we put a specific nutrient into our body, it's going to create a different system, and so we need to recognize how that impacts our system our gut, our inflammation, everything like that as well. Yeah. So micronutrients are important, which kind of dives into the the nutrients that we we recommend normally are stuff like your magnesium, yeah. zinc, and what have you that helps yeah. with just standard function. But mm. I'm sure we'll dive into that deeper um, down the line as well. In the nutrition in episode. the nutrition episode. Yes, yeah. and we're super excited for that. All right, pillar number three, sleep. I love sleep so much. Oh, it's likewise. so good. Best thing for your buck, that one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So... First of all, like this, like on and off switch, our bodies are kind of, they like to be on during the day and they like to be off during the day. And what we try and stabilize within people's sleep or when we're working with their sleep is how do we get them back to baseline, right? Because a very common problem, maybe the most common problem with sleep, I don't know yet, um, is people being having those irregularities. So their body wants to be on, but it's time to go to bed. And when it's time to be awake and get shit done, their body wants to be asleep. And so what are some of the, uh, what we call sleep inhibitors and disruptors now? What are some of the negative things that would be impacting our sleep? Awesome. Yeah. So the ones that we have in here, which are the most common ones, caffeine is a very common one. I'm drinking a coffee right now. (laughs) I love coffee. (laughs) Caffeine has a a half-life of four hours. So if you're having caffeine, you know, like 2 p.m. and you're having a a standard large cappuccino. Yeah. yeah. 200 milligrams of caffeine. Exactly. Uh, You know, 160 to 240. Yeah. Or maybe some of that. Was it the berserk? um, What does Josh have? Other Josh? Is that a pre-workout? Yeah. It's got 350 milligrams. It's like, uh, what would that be? That's like two and a half big coffees literally yeah, yeah yeah well two two it depends on how many shots you're having per coffee yeah. right depends who makes it yeah exactly <laughs> but it's exactly. a big coffee I would, a I would not drink a coffee that big yeah and if it has a half-life of four hours if you're having 350 milligrams mm-hmm. of caffeine at the end of the day in a pre-workout which is not uncommon yeah something i've experienced myself by yeah, the time yeah, yeah. you're going to bed you still have the equivalent of a large coffee yes. within your system yes yes and for individuals that say oh well i could sleep fine on that it's like well yeah, how yeah, is yeah. your nervous system actually truly reacting yeah, yeah. um and, and that's a bigger conversation but there's other things like stress, uh, whether mm. we're overthinking, we mm. might be going to bed and we're on our phone doing business, doing our emails, yeah. and then we carry that onto our sleep and then we're going to have a, yeah. a disruption of sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, light is a big one, yeah. huge one. Yeah. And so we know that through the circadian rhythm, like there's this natural reaction to light. And so if we see the sun in the morning, then yeah. we're going to have a spike in cortisol, stress, yeah. which is going to yeah. wake us up. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, I'm sure most listeners have actually had an experience with melatonin before. They yeah. might have, the amount of clients that I've had that have actually been recommended melatonin by doctors is mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. And melatonin helps us fall asleep, right? But if we have this natural circadian rhythm yeah. occurring, then yeah. if we are not being disrupted by artificial light yeah. at the right yeah. times, then we're going to have a natural release of melatonin, which helps us fall asleep. Yes. yes. And so we could actually manipulate light to help us fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And then we also say, have uh, sleep rituals. Yeah, so things yeah. that we can do to 
disconnect from light to yeah, yeah. release our mind and relax us so that yeah. when we're actually falling asleep, we actually enjoy that process. Yeah. Instead of like just trying to go to sleep to then wake up the next morning, then you're carrying on through that and then you wake yeah, up three yeah, to five yeah. times during yeah. the night yeah. with sweats and yep. stress, and yep. which is way too common. Way too common, yeah. yeah. As a homo sapien, everyone, we are all, our bodies love sleep. Whether you, whether you believe it or not, your body should be excited to go to bed at the end of every day. And if it's not, you've probably got too much going on in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to the last pillar, stress. Stress is obviously a very important thing. The, the main, uh, the, the first thing that I try and explain to people is the difference between parasympathetic and sympathetic. So very multi-syllable words that are very hard to, maybe hard to remember. Something you may remember is a term called fight or flight. Okay, so fight or flight is when your body is in a state where it's literally ready to fight or take flight, which is the scenario where we need to get out of an emergency situation, whether it's we're being attacked by someone or an animal, we're trying to get out of a burning building. If we remember our bodies are designed, that they, our bodies hold the same design that we did hundreds and millions of years ago when we were just homo sapiens living in, in, in bushes and tribes and huts and all that kind of stuff. And when we're out in those spaces, we really need a really effective fight or flight response because the fight or flight response will help us uh, catch food and like identify food, catch it, get to it. And in order to catch food, you need to be ready to sprint or ready to like maybe like wrestle a pig or something like that back in the day. Or you might just need to protect yourself from a snake or a lion or a tiger or a hyena or whatever. Or another tribe. Or another tribe, yeah, just another bunch of dudes or a bunch of whatever's going, Mm -hmm. you know, with spears or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that serves us. But we have to remember that in the modern day, in the modern 2022 world that we live in, there's a lot more perceived threats that we now have. So this fight or flight response that our body has when when we're in fight or flight, our pupils dilate to let more light in so that we can see more. We get long-sighted vision so we can see further where it might be for looking for es- exits. We get long-term memory because it helps us say, have I been in this situation before? How do I get out of the situation? But you have to remember then your muscles are going to be tighter. They're going to be ready to, to react. Your digestion system system is actually going to downregulate because your body's like, I don't need to be digesting stuff at the moment. Let's send more of our blood flow to the muscles so we can punch some shit or so we can climb some things, right? And if our bodies are stuck in this this high alert, tight, ready to rumble uh, state of, of existence, that's fine when you're training. You're actually going to get some of your best movement results in your training by doing that. But if you're stuck in that state when you're trying to go to sleep or you're trying to digest food or you're just trying to have an intimate night with your partner, like let's watch a movie together or something, and your body's like boom, 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 the heart rate's still on, the body is getting no chance to replenish itself. And that's where most people are stuck. Most people are stuck in this sympathetic response. And what's very important is to learn what is the opposite of that, parasympathetic. And I, my fun word for parasympathetic is composure. Cool, calm, collected, composure. Because when we are in those states, everything works well. We have better, deeper conversations with people. We have, um, we feel better. We recover faster. We sleep more deeper. We bounce out of bed. It's really good to learn how to consciously take our body from this fight or flight response into this rest and digest response, this nice, cool, calm, collected um, uh, state of being. What is our best way to regulate our nervous system, Nav? 
Great question. Yeah, yeah. It, it, is there a specific answer I was meant to give you then? Uh, what, <laughs> like I'm, I, I tried to telepathically. Oh, breath. Yeah, I knew. Okay, like, yeah, I yeah, should yeah, have yeah, just yeah. shot you, for it. You should have rolled with it. You <laughs> knew it. You could see it. Yeah, breath. Yeah, it yeah. is exactly yeah. right. Why is the breath the best way to regulate our nervous system? Well, it's the only way that we could actually... So otherwise our nervous system is autonomous, right? Yes. And so whatever we're experiencing, it will autonomously react yes. so we could survive. Autonomous is another word for automatic. Exactly. Yeah. However, if we were to actually breathe at a lower rate or slower mm. rate, sorry, then that's going to impact our nervous system and bring us into a calm state. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way that we could actually do something manually, consciously, yes. that is going to impact on our nervous system yeah. outside of obviously like nutrition, sleep on yes. a greater scale. Yes. But yeah. in the current moment, the only way for us to actually make a shift on our nervous system, which is normally automatic, yeah. Yeah. is breath. Yeah, that's exactly right. The br when you're, This is a key indicator of your stress levels, your breath rate and your heart rate. When you are transit, as you are up, so think of it as like a, a hot and cold scale, you will start to like get colder. So cold is like more calmer, right? And then the temperature can rise. It's not like stressed and not stressed. It's like becoming more stressed or becoming less stressed. And so as the body starts to upregulate and transition into more of a sympathetic state, the heart rate and the breath weight will also increase. And so by controlling your breath deliberately and intentionally, you can then slow your heart rate down and the body will then calm and relax with it. So the breath is the great way to do that. Should we move into some more uh, actionable steps and some summary points for the listeners, Nav? Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Beautiful. So in what would be a, you know, in the conversation we've just had, what would be your three key takeaways that you would like to, I guess, highlight to the listeners? Mm. I'm going to go with the, the most unusual ones because I think yeah. they're ones that people aren't already like probably putting attention on. Yeah. So most people are already most likely looking at their movement and nutrition to mm -hmm. a, to a scale. Mm -hmm. So my first one would probably be to look at their stress. Yeah. Because, even our thoughts can impact our brain. So if our yeah. thoughts uh, impact our pituitary gland, if I was to be specific, yeah. which then connects through to our body and creates hormones, yeah. and that can impact our insulin. It can impact mm -hmm. whether we're in a catabolic mm -hmm. or anabolic state. Yeah. So I'll focus on stress first, uh, first takeaway, and, and start doing something that's a practice of like breath work or, yeah. or meditation or make it as one mm -hmm. where you actually are being aware of your bodily tension. Yep. Yeah. Of your thoughts. Are you more towards a pessimistic or optimistic? Yeah. And it's not necessarily creating some sort of naive, optimistic view, which I used to be very judgmental of. So I'm mm -hmm. someone that's preaching meditation and breathwork. So I'm a big proponent for it. Like it's changed my life. However, I'm also someone that is quite a realist. Yeah. I like to believe I am anyway. Yeah. And so you start practicing some sort of breathwork or meditation. If it's uncomfortable, then that's probably something you need to move into. Yeah. I see a lot of people that go, well, it's super uncomfortable for me, so I'm not going to do it. It's mm -hmm. like, well, sometimes moving into the obstacle, moving into the discomfort yeah. is going to make a greater change. Yeah. And it could be as simple as 10 minutes a day, six seconds in, mm -hmm. six seconds out, through yeah. your nose. If you do a practice like that in a safe environment, that's going to trade over into everyday life where yeah. you might be having your boss yelling at you, you're having an argument yeah. with your partner, yep. and you're able to then in that moment come back to your breath yep. and be able to relax yourself. Mm. That's also going to benefit you in, in all sorts of aspects yeah. of health, hormonally, physically, you'll be perform better within the gym yep. as well. Uh, should we do takeaway for takeaway? Let's do your next takeaway. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, in my head I'm like, it's going to be the stress one. It's going to be 
the stress one. Yeah. But it it is that the, the the my first main thing is that is understanding that there is a, a switch that you can flick. You know, mm-hmm. is understanding that sympathetic is a type of of existence and parasympathetic is a type of existence. And so, I encourage our our member members and our clients and the listeners to practice self awareness. Yeah, practice self awareness around. Am I in sympathetic? Am I in parasympathetic? And if those, if that question is too hard to answer, it's where is my heart rate? Where is my heart rate? Where's my breath rate? What's that doing in that moment? Because it's it, if you're stuck in that sympathetic response, you're stuck in a position where you're just you're going to be very capped at being able to um, have better sleep, have better well-being. Right? You're going to be capped at being able to lose fat and build muscle and all the things that we commonly want to chase and all the things that make us thrive. So thrive comes in the rest and digest state. Survive comes in the sympathetic state, the stress state. Right? So that's my first one is that, that, that understanding that parasympathetic, sympathetic balance. Now, next takeaway. Cool, beautiful. Uh, next takeaway will actually be myofascial release, which we covered a little mm. bit. I'm big into this as well. I put a lot of thought into what my three big takeaways would be. And the reason why this is number two is because as we're mentioning awareness, self-awareness, I think we also need to have bodily awareness. Yes, yes. A lot of the time I have clients that communicate about pain. Is this pain good or is this pain bad? And pain is relative and there's so many aspects of pain. Some pain is actually healthy and resourceful Mm -hmm. and we need to move into and sometimes pain is something that we need to actually step away from. Yeah. I love self-myofascial release because it gives us the time to be with our body, to feel our muscles, feel our fascia, to identify where there is tension, uh, where we might hold that tension within our everyday life. It also gives us the practice to move into a more parasympathetic state where we're creating more fluidity and movement within our body. And honestly, like a small practice is 10 to 15 minutes a day of myofascial release Mm. can change someone's life dramatically. That with hydration, water as well on top of that. I don't know whether that will be my third one, but (laughs) hold on on to that for the next (laughs) one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be my second one. Yeah, Yeah, awesome. Cool. My next takeaway, I'm scared I'm going to steal it off you because it's the thing that you're more of a stickler for, but it's the the tracking concept. Yeah, Mm. so... I've, uh, I'm kind of attaching my, my umbrella term for my three takeaways is self-awareness, right? And so my next, my second takeaway is another version of self-awareness. It's being able to have an understanding of what's actually happening rather than um, us just saying what's actually happening and believing. It's very easy for us to fool ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you actually have some some hard data of actually checking your new checking your um, your nutrition, checking your weight, make, whatever you're trying to achieve, making sure that there's something to actually reference off, yeah? Like, am I getting faster, stronger? Or do I just, you know, just rate how you feel in the morning? Like, do I feel six out of 10, seven out of 10 or whatever? It's just, it's, it is the act of constantly reflecting and paying attention, checking in with yourself and then recording that, recording that and then also taking the time to then reflect on that. Like, you're going to record it, but then you're going to look at it sometime. So the, the tracking is something that we discussed in movies movement and nutrition and um, Nav and I, we both wear whoops as well. They help us track our sleeps and, and also the, the stress that our body or the strain that our body is under on a regular basis as well. And I don't, I'm not like a, like a, um, like a stickler, like a Nazi for data, but I love the concept that I constantly do track things and that when the time comes that I need to take a look, I can go back through the history and it's, and it's made such an impactful difference and improved my coaching for the better as well. Nav, final takeaway. Yeah, very similar, funny enough. Yeah. Uh, who would have known? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. would have known? Yeah, I, I love tracking. Journaling is going to mm-hmm. be my third yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the relationship with journaling, a lot of people have different conceptions with it, and it mm-hmm. changes for all of us. I know it's yeah. changed recently for you, and it's changed a lot for me as well. But 
when I mention journaling, uh, I mean, a, in, a, in a multifacet in the first one I would put in is planning is actually yeah. planning out what you want within your life. Mm-hmm. Like actually writing down what are the goals that you want within a specific time frame? Is it that even possible? What, what can you do and what do you have to do to make that a yeah. possibility? Mm-hmm. I think that's very underrated. The amount of people that I, I have and we'll talk about, um, what do you want? Like, what is it specifically you want? Yeah. And people yeah. just don't know what they truly want yeah. and for what reason. And I think that is probably going to be one of the biggest detriments to their success. Yeah. If you do not know what you want and by what time frame for what purpose, you're most likely going to fail. And so when I mentioned journaling, the number one will be planning. Mm-hmm. Number two will be reflection. Yeah. How just write down whatever's coming to your mind first. What is coming yeah. up for you? What are you thinking about? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing within your life? And what would you like to experience? Yeah. And then make a plan upon your goals. Yeah. What is it that you need to do today, tomorrow, this month, next month to help you achieve that? Yeah. It doesn't have to be this burden. It could Mm -hmm. be this enjoyable process of like, oh, this is who I am. This is what I want. I have the possibility. I'm alive anyway, right? Yeah. We're alive. We're here. Yeah. Right. We could either choose to be here or not, Mm -hmm. but we're here. Mm -hmm. And so you could choose to set yourself upon creating the life that you want. And it could be as simple as planning and journaling where you write out the future that you desire, Mm -hmm. reflect upon your day and your yesterday and, and just go from there. So my, my third one would definitely be that. I I love that. And my third is actually in addition to that, because obviously it's under the self-awareness umbrella and it's the why you want to do it as well. You know, there's going to be times in your journey that um, you're going to have to dig deep. You're just, you're not going to want to eat healthy. You're not going to want to train or not going to do X, Y, Z. And sometimes you will have to confront that and push through. And if you have a deeper reason to do that, it becomes a lot more doable and achievable and understanding why things are so important allows us to focus on what we then need to do as well. And so the why's and the what's come together really, really well. Should we roll into our, um, Oh, I've got my wrong show notes here. Should we roll into our next section Yep. of action steps? Yeah. Sounds we good. need to give the listeners some clear action steps, right? Yeah. So do you have, do you have action steps in your mind? I've got action steps. Yeah. In my mind I could well. just throw my three out real quickly. Yeah, hit, hit me with it's it. It's literally just what my keynotes were. It's, yeah. it's foam roll, uh, 10 to 15 minutes a day. Yep do breath work 10 minutes a day mm-hmm. and journal 15 minutes a day yeah. or 10 to 15, yeah. even, even just 10 minutes each practice, 30 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to spend on. Uh, what was the, I even forgot my first one just then. Journaling, mo- uh, foam rolling, journaling and, and breath, breath work. work. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Typical. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So if, even if it's just 30 minutes a day and you're, you're connecting with your breath, you're connecting yeah. with your nervous system and you're gaining uh, awareness around your tension and how you yeah. feel and you're helping yourself disconnect from that or yeah. even heal that or be with that. Uh, same thing with your foam rolling, your body, your breath work, and then your journaling. Yeah. Like it, it, 10 minutes a day of getting to know yourself and reflect upon what you did in the day that you liked and didn't like. And then you get to choose that. Yeah. I think just 30 minutes a day of doing those three practices will change someone's life dramatically. It's, it, 30 minutes in the, in the grand scheme of what, 168 hours a day or something, I think it is, right? I think it's 168 or something like that. 168 hours in a day? Uh, in a week, sorry. Oh, in, in a, a week. week. Yeah, so yeah, like, 24 hours. Yeah, that would be fun to have that day. Could you imagine, yeah. <laughs> be exhausted with that day. We probably would want more time as well, you know. Yeah, I'd probably just sleep more if I'd be honest. If I had yeah, more time, I'd be yeah. hitting nines and tens, you know, every yeah. night without fail if I had that more time. I feel like we'll probably battle each other and ourselves and we'll probably still try and find ways to reduce our sleep as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, we would. Yeah. Pe- most people try and do more. I think I'd end up trying to do more. Yeah, as well. I feel like I'll be the same. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. 24. I wish I had 170 hours of sleep. Yeah, I'm like, actually, I'll stick with, I'll go 25. 
25, just one extra hour, you know, that would be nice. Um, Cool. So my three action steps, very similar to Nav, is um, I decided to keep this simple for for the listeners, right? And my three things are a nighttime routine, a good sleep strategy, and then a good morning routine, right? Nav and I use a quote very often is your day starts the night before. You need to give yourself that opportunity to transition into sleep so that when you go to sleep, you get good quality of sleep, yeah? We want quantity, yes, minimum seven hours, but we, sorry, minimum seven hours till the day you die, as told by um, Chris... Is his name, his name the guy the sleep guy that we that Matt Walker? No, no, the one that we the one from here. I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I don't um, remember. I wish I could give him a shout out, but I've forgotten his name. But he's actually <laughs> he's, he's a um, very very hilarious good dude. Knows his shit. But um, he actually shared with us that it's minimum till the day you die. It's minimum seven hours. Even for like a sixty and a seventy year old, they still need seven hours of sleep. So, I I use a traffic light analogy with my with my clients. As we know, red means stop, green means go, amber means slow slow down so that we can stop. So during the nighttime, when you set up your nighttime routine, have a sequence that you follow that calms you down and relaxes your body, calms the mind, the body. A lot of the things that Nav suggested is a really good thing to put into your nighttime routine. Then also, a lot of those things that Nav suggested can also be done in the morning routine. It's, it's, it's how you go about these things. So your morning routine is going to be your green light activities, anything that allows you to go, yeah, what allows you to feel on and energized and invigorated. And for some people, that's going to be running and going to the gym and doing a workout. And for some people, it's going to be taking a slower start to the morning. But you need the self-awareness to understand what you would prefer and what would fill your cups up the most. And that is that gets you into go mode. Yeah, I'm ready to approach my day and my day is going to be good and valuable, right? So uh, amber light strategies to calm you down, breath work, meditation, stretching, hot showers, calm yourself down, chill, even having some personal time with friends, family, or partner. Red light strategies is going to sleep, ensuring you're in a pitch black room and you actually have good feng shui and you're you're happy to be in bed, yeah? Ways like clean sheets, soft bedding, good pillows, you know? Um, Locked doors and windows so you feel that element of safety, right? It's things that you know that you can do that's going to ensure you're going to have an undisrupted sleep. Then transition into your morning routine is your go strategies, yeah? Because if you nail your night, your your nighttime routine, your sleep and your morning routine, that's going to be a big chapter of your day that's really going to be a great addition to the time you spend in the gym as well. So they're my three key takeaways. I've been waiting for this section <laughs> for so long now. I'm intrigued. And my GoPro just dropped out, so oh, what, but hopefully this camera picks it because I want to give these guys a shout-out. So okay. um, can I share my surprise object? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to yeah. get it out of my bag in a second. Go now, can it. you explain what the surprise object portion of this show is? Awesome, yeah. So obviously this is our first episode, or second if you count the first one, but uh, at the end of our episodes, we're going to be sharing a surprise object. Uh, ourselves and our guests are going to share a surprise object. And Josh is about to share what his I'm is. I'm going to bring mine, slap it on the table. Nice. Boom. Boom. I'm going to show this to this camera here so it's hold up. It's a bag of coffee, right? Yes, it's a bag of coffee. Yes, I'm drinking the exact coffee now in a bulletproof version with my butter in it. The reason I wanted to share this coffee is for a variety of reasons. There's number one. This company, Filament Coffee, they're just a local Perth brand. Nav and I, we're, we're young Perth local entrepreneurs, and I like the idea of um, 
putting Perth on the map and supporting other local businesses. That's the first thing. The second thing is that um, I actually really like their marketing. It just mm-hmm. the, 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 the way they um, simplify coffee and because you could see it at the end of the day, it's just coffee. But the way these guys are approaching coffee is they're, they're bringing more substance to the conversation, more substance to the table. And the reason I like that as a business owner and a coffee drinker is that it's a very similar vibe to what we're doing here. To a lot of people, fitness is just fitness. And the goal of this podcast and the goal of what we're, what we're doing with our careers as professionals in the space is to bring more substance to the conversation of fitness and to say that, hey, guys, there's more than just the lifting, right? There's more to coffee than just like having rushing your coffee just to get a stimulation before your morning meeting or something, you know? And the last thing is the fact that it's a pour over coffee. So if you don't know what a pour over is, it comes in a little a little um, a perforated bag with some little clips on it. And so you boil your kettle, you rip the top off this little coffee bag and you, you clip it onto the top of your cup. And then you get your, you get your kettle and you slowly pour water. You just drizzle water in until this little bag fills up and then the coffee just drips through. Just drips, 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 drips. And you do three or four rounds, right? You do three or four rounds with the coffee until it's all like dripped through and then you throw the bag in the bin and, and off you go, right? Transitioning to pour over coffees as opposed to just buying coffees has been a big chapter in my mental health journey. I have been sharing with Nav a lot lately that I've gone back to journaling uh, freestyle in the morning. It's really helped me untie my mind. But the the intimacy that I experience every morning has had such a catapult effect on my mental well-being that I've just, I have to talk about it, right? And so instead of just like rushing a coffee like I've normally done, I've sat down as my morning routine goes, I fill out my coffee pour it out. And then as I'm doing my rounds, I sit down with my blank journal and I start to write. I clear my mind. Everything that needs to be off my mind goes into this piece of paper. And then I start thinking about like, you know, those dig deep questions and I write my mission statement and, and, and share with my dreams and my aspirations to say that, you know what, that's why I'm going to pursue a bit of challenge and suffering in my day to day because I'm I'm building myself up, right? But that moment is a very intimate moment that I get to share with my coffee. And coffee is now more sacred where it's a slow, gentle process of pouring the, the drizzling the water over and 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 I just I sip and I savor my coffee and now it's part of a beautiful beautiful experience rather than just a stimulant that I've bought from the store. Yeah. Nav, what's your surprise item? I love that. Thanks. So mine is slightly less exciting. <laughs> a ball. Mm. We Nav brought a ball. Yeah, keep going. I'll just I'll just press or press record a second. Does that look like it's recording again? Uh, no, no. It's... There'll be a red button. Now there is. Now there is. Awesome. Look, another cat ca- camera tech issue. We're back on. Yeah, back on. So my my thing is a ball. It's right? a ball. So Nav brought a ball. I like to play fetch with myself and my partner. No, I'm kidding. So back onto the Maya Fascial mm. sort of conversation. Mm. As you were mentioning your coffee and your, your shift in your relationship with coffee, uh, I feel very similar in my relationship yeah. with, uh, you know, Maya Fascial release in general, but tools like a ball or a foam mm. roller. Mm. Uh, I remember initially it was like, uh, it was quite uncomfortable. You know, I was just doing it for the sake of, okay, yeah. I got to do it. I have to do it where now it's quite an enjoyable experience because now I get to disconnect and I get to be present with my body. Mm. And also I really have gained a lot in gaining a relationship with pain. Yeah. Instead of running away from pain, using a ball like this to not create pain, but to pull out the pain that's already present within my body. Mm. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand as well as getting a massage or foam rolling and what have you. 
It's not creating pain. Yeah. It's actually identifying and releasing the pain that's already within yeah. your body. Yeah. And so creating that relationship with pain is very beneficial for me, not only just yeah. for the sake of physical, but also mental and through business and through life. Yeah. Like yeah. life isn't always the most easy thing, especially if you're striving and you're trying to actually mm-hmm. put yourself into positions within life. Yeah. If you want to have a healthy relationship, there's going to be difficult conversations. Yeah. And so foam rolling to me is not just a practice of like, sitting on a bowl, yeah. but it's, it's building a relationship with myself, with, with pain, with my body, releasing that tension and, and learning how to uh, move through obstacles and challenging yeah. experiences. I love that. It's uh, we've both brought things that, that represent intimacy and downtime mm. and, and being present with yourself and slowing down. So I really love that. So we, uh, I put some, some messages out. I actually don't have any questions on the inbox today, but I think th- as the first episode, this is the opportunity to share with the listeners that, we want you guys to engage with us. We want all of you folks to engage with us. We want to be involved with the public. We, the goal of this podcast is to share good, valuable information and guidance for people. So you can follow us on Instagram. You can email us. And our, all of these details will be in the show notes below as well. The goal is to create relationships so we can get this com- – we're trying to invigorate this conversation about getting more – bringing more substance to the fitness conversation. So I am happy to leave it there. Nab, do you, have, do you want to sign off? Do you want to leave the listeners with anything before we, we shoot, shoot off? Yeah, I would like to, but I just want to add to that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. as someone – as people know me, I'm not always the best at replying to people. It's just mm. because I'm communicating with the people that yeah. I can communicate with, yeah. right? Like I communicate with you, I communicate with the yeah. team, I communicate yeah. with my clients, communicate with my friends, my family as much as I can. Mm. They're the ones that take most of my space. Yeah, I want to use this platform, we do, to be able mm. to interact with everyone that's listening. Yeah. Our audience with our members even more so. And it's just an easy way for us to do that. So yeah. please, guys, if you have any questions, send them through. We would love yes. to answer yes. them. And that's what we're going to start doing the later podcast. Yes. And we may take a day or two to respond, both yeah. of us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, I'd like to thank the the listeners for just being involved in the conversation. It's been a very special moment for Nav and I. The, the big first episode is always a fun one, right? And it's, it's even when we're 100 episodes in, someone's going to go all the way back to this moment in time. So I hope that this episode has just started to shed some light on on what we're trying to achieve and what we want, how we want to help you folks out in the real world. And um, we want you to just really, again, listen to this podcast, take the notes, read the show notes. And, and the most important thing that you can do is actually pull the trigger on these things, is actually to take action on these things right so if you need to get in, in contact with us you can find us you can just search you can just search strength and motion academy on any of the main social media platforms you can search um, us on google as well we have a website as a matter of fact and we have a gym our gym is based in midvale it's 24 7 facility and our coaching is available through there as well nav and i do service people online every now and again at now and then again the goal is just to help people and so if you're not within reach you can still get in contact we want to make this message more well known around the public and around the world and around the industry so you can find us on the strength emotion academy website via google nav what is your instagram handle do you want to spell it out for us character by character yeah it's just navar pool and obviously this is why i need to do it character by character so that's my full name navar n-a-v-a-r pool p-o-o-l-e 
Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And my Instagram is the Joshua Hardy. So it's just my full name. So T H E J O S H U A H A R D Y. We will also uh, link them below as well. And again, if you want to ask us any questions, you can contact us via email at hello at smacademy.com.au. That's smacademy.com.au. And that goes straight to Navar and us and also other Josh who looks after the gym for us, other Josh who likes to drink berserk pre workout. <laughs> Give him a bit of shit. Throw him under the bus. Throw him under the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, th- thanks for listening, and let's roll into the outro. Thanks and he- thanks and health and happiness. Peace out, much love, much love, peace. See you, everybody. Bye bye. Bye.